What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome, movie fans, to Popcorn Talks Anatomy of a Movie, where today, hey, Lego my ego, we're going to break down and discuss the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies, yes we do. And today, we're going to talk animated movie, Lego Movie Part 2. Only five years in the making, is it? Yeah, the second part. I remember when we did the first, the first one. Lego uh, Lego movie. It That's seems right. like, you know, they've come up with so many Lego movies. It seems like it was not too long ago that it happened that the first one had come out. And then when I was researching, I'm going, wow, that, that came out a little while ago. Right. I don't think it? I was part of that panel because I remember seeing, seeing it, the first one, late. And the voice that you're hearing, everybody, is my fabulous, talented, beautiful co-host, Marissa Serafini. Hey. Hello. You don't I remember don't, being part of that panel. I don't remember there, talking about it. <laughs> I remember the movie. I, I'm pretty sure Phil was on it. I could have swore you were on it's it, too. probably Phil. I don't know. We've done so many I know. Movies. I know. It's, it's, it's hard work. I'm like 90% sure I saw that movie late, so I wasn't part of the first one. Like Legos, we're all so interchangeable. Like Suzanne is off and who clicks and so I get it. So, um, well, let's start talking about uh, Lego My Lego My Ego. (laughs) Um, As you know, folks, uh, for for the people who have been fans and join us weekly and tune in weekly, first, thank you very much. For anybody that's new to the show, uh, we usually will talk about a movie shortly after it's open. Why do we do this? Uh, Because we 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 talk major plot points, a.k.a. spoilers. We are rich with spoilers in the movie and twists and turns. So if you haven't seen the movie, by all means, I won't be offended if you tune us out right now to go see the movie. But make sure that you come back, because even after the live the, the, the live stream here, mm-hmm. um, our show is on YouTube, iTunes. We live in podcast. Yeah, so we're always able. You can always find us and click on, and then you can always comment as well. Mm-hmm. If you are with us live, hey, thanks very much. We look forward to reading your comments. Um, so I needed to get that out of the way. And as we start off every show, we talk. Uh, we've, we first open up with opinions. Marissa, what did you think of Lego Movie Two, the second part? Um, this was really fun. I actually rewatched the first movie a week ago to no. refresh in my mind uh, what happened. So um, having that now knowing uh, like what it was leading into for the second movie, I had high expectations, high hopes because mm-hmm. it's really actually a fun. It's a fun. The first movie is like really smart and there's a lot of just smart humor in it. And so I was expecting the same thing in this one. Uh, more musicals numbers in it than I was expecting. And, uh, you know, me, I'm a big musical fan. So I, I did enjoy that part. But the storyline wasn't as strong as the first. Um, 
But not to say it was a bad storyline. It's just a very, very PG, family-oriented, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. simple storyline. Absolutely. Where the first one kind of like had a mystery involved, and I, I enjoyed that. So this one, very straightforward, fun, uh, uh, a lot of funny moments here and there, visual world. It's so fun to get sucked back into this world mm-hmm. and to even build upon the characters that we right. like. Literally built. <laughs> Literally. Upon these bricks. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as strong as the first one, but it's still a very enjoyable film. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the, the first movie comes out, and I think it's I think it was a surprise to a lot of people, uh, including our panel here when we when we when we broke it down five years ago. Um, you know, because everybody expected at the time a Lego movie, cash grab, let's sell toys, let's sell Legos, uh, and the movie really wasn't like that. It turned out to be an extremely clever movie, uh, a lot of fun, had a lot of heart, and lots of good laughs, and it was good for young and old. Um, The uh, be-all, end-all of animated movies? I don't necessarily think so, but it was still a good time uh, in a movie theater. So for me, going into Lego Movie 2, you know, I think brick by brick, I think it's as imaginative, clever, and fun and as the original, it's as original, if not as original as the original, being the shock and awe and surprise already happened. So once we're in that world, like they're not, there's not much more they can do other than make it flashier because they have their own set of rules. But I still thought it made for a good family family movie. And like that original Lego movie, it had really, it had solid messaging to it. Right, and it's not like we haven't gotten a Lego film. We've had <laughs> Ninjago and the Batman Lego movies right. in between this film. So right. it's not like Lego went like had this one film five years later. We're finally getting a sequel. True. No, we had things in between. Absolutely. So the I I totally understand the whole. Appeal of wow! Look at the Lego world. This is so cool. It's like right. we've seen it for the last five years. And to their credit, I mean, you know, again, I don't think the second part is is it's not better than, but I don't think it's not worse either. And once you've been in the world, you really can't change the structure of this world. I mean, they are bricks. They're block. Like you can't. You can tell different stories. But they're still confined to using these bricks to set up this world. Inanimate objects. Right. So Lego 2 can only play within its brick by brick construction. And I think with its given bricks, it entertains. And we'll talk about this too, its legacy. I'm not sure. I think a third movie might just be another brick in the wall at this point. Um, They really turned out like Batman and Ninjago. Like we've, this is the fourth Lego movie within five years. That's almost a movie a year, definitely like a year and a half when you think about it. So, um, in any case, but still a lot went into this. Um, you know, our Lord and Miller weren't the directors, but they wrote the story, uh, as, as you know, and they, they were a major, um, you know, major contributors to the first movie, um, the other thing that, that the Lego movie, I think, surprised many people was its meta universe, mm-hmm. right? Which right. Lord Miller did. I believe these are the guys that were, like, involved in 21 Jump Street, extremely meta, right? So uh, this movie is equally is in that meta universe. Yeah, and, and definitely um, self 
aware. It's of, very self and, aware. And like they, they poke fun at themselves. Literally. Like <laughs> half of the jokes were just really WB jokes if you don't right. know the WB franchises. Yes. Um there was a lot of that and a lot of the okay, a lot of the voice actors in it, for example, mm-hmm. um played by Chris Pratt, his Second character that he voices is making fun of Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much Emma. Jurassic World. <laughs> but it's making fun of Chris Pratt. So everybody went into this, I think, with, you know, just good times. And they were going to have a good time in self-effacing and just have a sense of humor about themselves as well. And I think that that worked. Absolutely. And I think uh, it, it's fun to see some of the same characters. Um you know, come back like Emmett sure. and, and Lucy. And, yeah. and Lucy and all that. But and then we get introduction of new characters right. and then we have to say goodbye to like the old ones. Or like we don't even see maybe maybe for a second we see the two faced cop. Right. We don't get Liam Neeson, we don't get Gandalf other for like the, the moment, moment right. like their planet was blowing up. So it's right. like, we say goodbye to major characters from the first one. But we do get major characters, new characters in the Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting, too, because, um, you know, there was even a little bit of Star Wars in the first one, if I remember correctly. Didn't we see some yeah, ships we, we and everything? Han Solo. There, was, there was no Star Wars in this one at all. And I just wonder if that was a licensing deal. <laughs> um, I'm not awesome. entirely sure, but we still had Metal Beard and Benny, <laughs> the astronaut. Uh, Spaceship. Spaceship, <laughs> um, Unikitty, Ultra Kitty, mm-hmm. um, Batman. Of course, because uh, I mean, you know, Arnett. you know, and they they made a whole freaking Lego movie just about Batman. About Batman, so yeah. He had to um, be in this one. But I enjoyed Queen, uh, and I love her name, Whatever Wanabi. Where if you say it slowly, it's whatever. Whatever, whatever wanna be. Whatever wanna be. And and it was voiced by Tiffany Haddish, mm-hmm. who was great as the in the as the voice talent and she can sing. She can sing. Or was she that really sing. singing or just more like fast talking to a beat? Yeah, I mean she was But her character had them all the musical numbers. Right. Which totally was not expecting it. But if you think about it, not just in retrospect, like the the whole character Queen whatever now want to be. What a, <laughs> it's whatever. actually a pretty brilliant name. It is. It is. But like she's the female whatever character. Whatever want to be. And yes. it like to if we're gonna get into the whole storyline and stuff, but like it makes sense that the girl who's playing with the the girl toys and the girl Legos would have more of the musical numbers. Not saying that the boys can't, but it would make more sense if the the little girl. Had the musical numbers. Right. And that's why Queen had all the musical numbers. I was surprised, but yet not surprised. You know, earlier we talked about the the meta aspect of this. I mean, musicals are somewhat popular right now, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes. Well, they've always been popular. Well, but they've had a resurgence, you know, Greatest Showman, Mm -hmm. La La Land. Uh, This year alone, when you have movies like Star is Born, which is very music driven, right? Mm -hmm. It makes sense that they were going to. Like when you see it happen, you go, "Oh well, yeah," because they're they're always gonna, they're mirroring what's what's going on, and to have music numbers, musical numbers in a Lego movie, it was sort of kind of cool. They were choreographed 
they, they had a lot of pizzazz they, they and color to them. They really and were. Like, if you think about it, the whole first one we had everything is awesome, which right. became a big musical number that I don't think a lot of people were actually expecting. Uh-huh. It became no. a musical earworm because yeah. it is, and everyone remembers that song. So it makes sense that they would want to add even more music to sure. the second one, so yeah. people remember it. And make it a musical too. Uh, another another new character was this General Mayhem. <laughs> yeah. Um uh w- w- which was really that was a very fun character. Uh, uh I thought she looked like a little flyer or mosquito and I couldn't like yes. really picture if she was good or bad. <laughs> right. Like I mean with the mask she looks kind of menacing. She's awesome. But her outfit is pink and white and you can't really like that does those colors right. don't symbolize evil. No. So you knew on some level she was probably good. Yeah, which was interesting too. Um, you had brought it up just a few, just like a few seconds ago too. The other aspect that Lego that this that the sequel does is it, it blends the real world with this Lego world mm-hmm. of construction. And the first movie, um, the first movie deals with a father son relationship, um, and this movie here was more about sibling. Yeah, relationship, brother sister. brother sister, and I again, I liked the aspect of it. And once you're back into the world and you figure these parallels going on, right, you understand that the sister wants to bring her own creativity into they're, they're forced to play together, you yeah. know. And but you get the sibling fighting and the rivalry, uh, and to me the messaging, especially at the end of the movie, it had heart. It was sweet to me. I I, I liked it. Some people have criticized it. I did not. I I got it. It was no. And I completely I liked it. Um, understood why they went for the the brother sister dynamic because if you looked at the rating of this film, it's rated. PG. PG. It's for kids. Yeah. And so, and like, I relate to it just personally because I remember me being young. I had my female Lego blocks. Sure. My brother had his male Lego blocks. We never played with each other with our own Legos. So, like, <laughs> I, I did like that there is a natural separation between that. And yeah. I liked how they put both of these, the female and male world together. Right. Yeah. I think it's smart. Yeah. And, as you're watching, this is the other thing, at least for me, uh, that I appreciated. I like the villain who's not a villain, and because they're set up as a villain, and I appreciated how Queen, you know, whatever wanna be, whatever um, I wanna be, yeah, she, you know, these people, even like Mayhem really weren't the villains. They were just trying to... They were trying to take over. They just wanted to... to unite the kingdoms. Yeah. They just wanted to be part of Lego World that the brother was building. Mm -hmm. That's all. And when you find that out, um, which is about three quarters of the way in the movie, uh, you know, especially when Rick Rex... And Emmett are trying to... They're like, oh, no, no, you're misunderstanding what's going on here. Right. You... I like the switcheroo. I, I for me it worked. Yeah, and what I like how you? they did actually try to spoon feed us. Or it's like we're they not did, didn't evil. They? We're not evil. But right. We as an audience are just conditioned. Like, okay, these are the outsiders. Of course, they're evil in some way. Right. They have some malicious 
ulterior motive. We're we're just conditioned into Hollywood to think like if it's an outsider and they're unknown, we can't trust them. Yeah, I you know I mean I'm not sure of the intent, but one could. I think make an argument too from a social political standpoint, like, you know, they were, they felt as if they were being invaded mm-hmm. and, you know, and they and kept they on were. saying, we're not evil. We're not evil. And you just go, you're evil. Sure. <laughs> Something sure. Um, so I, like I said, I got into that aspect of this story and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I liked the togetherness resolution of it. It's like we, you can coexist and it actually makes a pretty creative world in which the characters that you're imagining are getting along with everybody. Yeah. Did you notice really there good. was a shot where they were showing the different planet solar systems? Yes. And it pans out. And if you've ever seen the actual symbol sign that says coexist, um, that's like a bumper car uh-huh. stickers. Actually, Jeff, if you could pull it up. Coexist image it's like literally a bunch of like a moon and fish sure. and all this is like it's a bunch of symbols right and there's actually a shot of all the planets that line up and says exi- exactly coexist really yeah so if you're not familiar with the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. image yes that's the one if you're not familiar with an image you wouldn't understand it right, right. but there is that they literally gave us um like little visual cues right in, in vis- um uh, about them trying to Coexist, coexist with each other. I'm like, there we go. It's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Oh, like that is cool. S- subliminal messages. Yeah, that's great. I did not see. I yeah. just learned something, and hopefully, you too, the audience. See, you can always learn something about the movie you just watched from Anatomy of a Movie. Yes, and now that you've seen the image, you will see it everywhere. It's on like every other bumper sticker. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah, you coexist right. everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, I really thought that the messaging of that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I enjoyed it. I f- felt that it was sincere and heartfelt. Um, so, yeah, it worked. It worked for me. So, um, so going it's a very into, easy storyline to follow. It, it, it really is. Um, it is an easy, and, and it does try to drive you one way, right, before you get to the reveal. And I thought the way that, I, th- I, th- I thought the way that it, it went out and it mapped out with thinking that they were in this Emmett in danger and seeing Emmett, um, you know, seeing Emmett as his friends are kidnapped, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got to go do something as the master builder. He's got to go do something. Uh, and I really liked how he comes across uh, Rex Danger Vest. Yeah. <laughs> Another great name. <laughs> and why does he have a vest? Why is he called Rex Danger Vest? Well, because he was inspired by Emmett and his vest. Not that he was inspired by his character from Jurassic World who wore a vest and trained raptors. Totally. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. Self-aware. Yeah. I, yeah. I, again, I don't know. Some people uh, were criticizing. I actually you, thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Did you expect the twist with his character at the end? No. No, I didn't. No. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, I didn't. I didn't expect that he was going to be the the villain, the villain. Uh, ultimately. Yeah, I didn't expect it either. I think the trailer did a good job of not showing that because you know trailers can really legitimately ruin movies and tell you everything. And I think it's also because we, the audience, know uh, Emmett is such a good guy, such a good guy. And then this guy who's like such a fan of Emmett 
in like a positive, somewhat a positive way, like sure. encouraging him to do X, Y, and Z. You're like, okay, he's a cool dude too. So we're like, when you see Emmett make a friend, you're automatically rooting for him. Absolutely, and and again, I think part of the movie is that that Rex Danger Vest is, you know, you want to get really um, into the weeds. He's sort of like the, he's sort of kind of like. Well, he's the brother. He's part. Of the he's the he's the part of the brother, the alter ego of the brother that's fighting this off. He doesn't want the change. He wants to stay. Right. He's he's afraid of it, and it's how do you suppress that when he has so many cool uh, characters like Emmett and Lucy, which that led to another I thought great punchline to a joke and a twist which came at the end of the movie um, since we are talking music, but um, I just wanted to like talk about the brother, like, like danger vest was that part of the brother that was resisting all along. And I thought that, you know, when you break it down on a psychology level, you don't really expect that from a Lego movie, but it's sort of kind of cool. But it also is reflective of just the boy growing up. Sure. Because when we saw the boy in the first movie, he's, he's at the age where he plays with Legos Mm -hmm. and then, Again, past five years, and now he's getting to that teenager older. Like they're moving on to other things. They're right. getting away from Legos. Yeah, um, like there's still the passion there, but it, it's just the signs of adolescence and growing up. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, I want to talk about Lucy, and I want to talk about her hair, <laughs> which I thought was right. really funny, and why her hair was that way. Um, because she she likes music. She was in a band, and she was in the band, the band. that sang "Everything Is Awesome." <laughs> and the look on Emmett's and face, Emma's like, "What?" Because <laughs> she so hated that song, yeah. and 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 to find that out, and the way that it was done, the reveal, I thought was really funny, and just like mm-hmm. Emmett's face it's was like so quick too. Oh, yes, because if you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah, I thought, I thought, okay, that was clever. That yeah. was really funny. She actually was in the band that sang that song that Emmett loves. And it's so funny because you don't expect it from her character that she's <laughs> such a tough, hard woman who, who <laughs> like, you know, badass chick who's, like, far from glittery right. and and poppy in that way. Right. You would never think she's a musician no. with a creative side. <laughs> Poppy, I think, is the best way to put that, too. And that's why I just, I liked it so much. And Emmett and Lucy, as the Lego couple, uh, as voiced by Elizabeth Banks and Chris Pratt, I think their chemistry, Pratt and Banks, is really good. Like, they really bring life. Yeah. It really worked in the first one. And in this movie, when we open, Lucy is far more brooding. (laughs) <laughs> and I love how she's brooding. brooding. And I love those th- those moments of brooding. And I had a dream. <laughs> and, I mean, that stuff was funny. And, and like when she's trying to tell Emmett, it's like, Emmett, you don't know how to brood. She goes, no, not really. And he kept on trying, poor Emmett. Right. But that's just I'm not sorry, what did I interrupt know. your brooding? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, mm. but they're such a good couple together. And, you know, it's, and again, Again, I'm not making any, like, these aren't the be-all, end-all to animated movies, but they do have the great heart. 
And like when he builds the house. Yeah, they're fun to be together, and yeah. you are just rooting for them as you are. the the couple. You are because you don't really expect they are very, very opposite. They're like an unlikely pairing. Yes, but it works so well because they complement each other. So they well. do. And then when you see the house, when Emma's like thinking of a future for both of them, you're like, oh, that's cute. very nice. Yeah. And then when really it gets cool. destroyed, you're like, oh, oh crap! It's like, no, we want the house. Yeah, it was. Uh, we want yeah, them to be it's together. cool. So, anything else about the production? I mean, I got a ton of tidbits about this movie, including the house, mind you. Yeah, go for it. But. Um, well, here's 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 some trivia. Unless we have, is there anything else about production that you uh, you wanted to share? Ah, uh, no. So okay, so here's some some I think some cool things. So, all right, do you know the number of sugars Emmett takes in his coffee? Probably high twenty six. Twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> With just a I touch of cream. Cool. Whereas Lucy takes zero sugars in her coffee. She mm-hmm. likes her. She likes her coffee black. So, okay. So Emmett doesn't have diabetes is beyond me. <laughs> I don't know. But, but Emmett and Lucy's dream house has a TV room, a trampoline room, a fireman's pole, a water slide, climbing bars, double-decker porch swing, and a room just for eating waffles. That part was yeah. funny. That's where I get the Lego too. my ego. Yes, a kitty. Yeah. It was really that funny. That was a cool house. Um, so, okay, in 1997, writer-producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller met with director Mike Mitchell when they moved into an office he just vacated. Mitchell, when he returned to collect some of his things, which Phil recalls as being a boombox and a Hank Williams CD, they started talking and discovered how much they had in common creatively. So that's really interesting. They were just taking over an office that this guy was in before, and they just met. It was pure happenstance, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, I love when that's I love the it start when of I, it. <laughs> love it when a plan comes together right. like that. Um, let's see. So Stephanie Beatrice, who plays General Mayhem, has a tiny scar on her eyebrow from falling in her room as a child to avoid stepping on a Lego environment she had built on the floor. I don't blame her. And I did love the <laughs> that, moment that was... with, with Maya Rudolph. And there you're going. Yes. Yeah. Ow! Ow! And she Ow! did it twice. And if anyone who's ever stepped on Lego, yes, it's painful. It's one of the worst things your feet yeah. have ever experienced. It, it is painful. Cause, it's like, very painful. Yeah. They're, they're hard. They're so small. Like they're hard. and they Stepping on a nail. And their corners are... Sharp. Yeah. So, um, so catch this. So the shape shifting queen, whatever wannabe, changes into forty distinctly different looks. Only forty. Wow. I've, there were so many. Um, well, catch this. The film's color palette uses seventy six official Lego colors, including unique materials such as transparent. And glitter blocks. So we got new. We did get new colors. We did see transparent a little bit, right? And Vex uh, was fading, right? Yeah, transparency. which is which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the original Lego Movie, like when you talk about the Batman Lego Movie, where they added things like fire, uh, I know Ninjago uh, added the elements of like grass and things like that. So this movie added its own. Uh, things here. So there's new Lego color for 2019 that appears in the movie called Vibrant Coral. Yeah. All right. Uh, total of unique characters in the film 523. Unique props seen in the film 1011. Um, okay, so unique Lego brick types used in this film 3,433. 
Wow. And this is all in the movie. Unique Lego models used to create the film 6,530. <laughs> so the, the biggest Lego character, largest number of bricks, was Metalbeard with 251 bricks. I believe that. Right? He, he had the whole pirate ship behind him. So, yeah. The biggest single Lego, Lego model was Megabash. At approximately nine feet by nine feet by eighteen, that's huge. That is huge. <laughs> huge. Um, the biggest number of lights in a shot: forty-two thousand three hundred fifteen. It's a lot. <laughs> well, what shot was that? Uh, it says it just says the biggest number of lights in a shot. What probably well, when they're all glary? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so total number of Lego bricks to bring the film's unique characters to life at once. If they're all lined up in a row, this is how many bricks you'd be looking at. 2,672. Wow. Like, all in a row. Number of glitter pieces and Sweet Mayhem's wings, 835. Yep. That was, was like, it has to wings be with the awesome. glitters. Yes, that yeah. was awesome. So her, much glitter. That, her outfit almost reminds you a little, like, of anime kind of. Mm-hmm. Thing and she had her wings. It was really well, cool. Well, when she finally took off her helmet, she looked like an anime character a bit mm-hmm. with the with the hair and the white, and she looked like some Asian descent. All right, so guess how many the glitter pieces in Balthazar's cape? Glitter pieces three thousand nine hundred ninety three. Wow! <laughs> Could you imagine like being in charge of like putting that together? <laughs> um, his hair, Balthazar's hair, the glitter pieces, 1,107. Um, the total grain, oh, Jesus. Total grains of sand in Apocalypseburg. This number's oh, gonna, this number's, yeah, Apocalypseburg, I'm, which I'm is sure very Mad Max ish, right? right. 49,496,833 grains of sand. I'm sure that was painful to render. And I did love how they made fun of uh, Fury Road Mad Max. Because oh, yeah. That's also a WB great. movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, There's it so was... many WB references in this movie. Yeah, I even liked uh, the um, the Statue of Liberty, which I I always think of when it's in such, uh, when, the, when the future or the past is in such disarray and you always see the Statue of Liberty. I always think Planet of the Apes. But uh, um, yeah. So catch this, the largest brick explosion in the film one point five million bricks. <laughs> Is that the whole punch? It's kind of a, yeah. When the whole thing goes down, the whole thing just collapses. Um, so so catch this because this I didn't even know, and it's it's sort of kind of cool. So the asteroids that Rex and Emmett that Rex and Emmett fly through, mm-hmm. they are all randomly generated and made of bricks. So on some film frames, there are more than four hundred asteroids and twenty. Million bricks, <laughs> and it's all randomly generated. I feel bad. Can you for imagine? The, I have, that's that's no one, crazy. I feel bad for the poor PA who had to count all that. I'm just like, no wonder why that's it took five bad. years. <laughs> well, yeah, and especially they had all the other films in between. Yeah. So, but the great thing about uh, Lego Two movie is that the director Mitchell he actually said um, they had to um, recreate. The, the ending scene because that's where this movie picks up. Right. They literally had to recreate it from scratch. Jesus. I mean, 
And you think that'd be saved somewhere from the from the first Taco film, but Tuesdays. no. They, they had to recreate the scene to just add right. on more and tack on the next storyline. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it's pretty cool. Like Finding Dory had <clears throat> to do that too for That's Finding right. Nemo. Like because uh, Pixar had a like there was I believe a warehouse fire burn or something, uh, yeah, and yeah, they yeah, lost yeah. a lot of their right. their files. So they had to recreate the whole ocean environment for Finding Dory. So well, it's not the first time we've heard movies recreate in the existing scene. I have regarding the opening shot of Bricksburg. Okay, so catch this includes one hundred and twenty thousand eight hundred and eighty four pedestrians. Okay, 1,438 vehicles, a jet, a biplane, a helicopter, combined, that's the entire population of Fargo, North Dakota. (laughs) 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 Like, that's a random fact, but but the mere 120,884 pedestrians, that's, again, that's why it took took five years to make this movie. because you're putting in that many. They were only on the in the movie for like that scene. Yeah, for that a couple scene. seconds. Yeah, that's all. Very, very much so. So, oh my goodness. You know, again, I I enjoy the worlds they've created, uh, and you know, especially starting off with the Lego Movie. Um, but the interesting thing, the fascinating thing is, um, it's reception. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, we'll high. start going well. In Rotten Tomatoes, it was eighty-five percent, which is a little bit down. I believe the the original movie was in the low to mid nineties, like ninety-two, ninety-three. No, it did. It does get a cinema score of a minus, so the audiences liked it. But we also have, um, but its its box office was very fascinating to me. Yeah, it's that's actually pretty low. Yeah, now it's interesting because going into the week, uh, Hollywood uh, they have a system for for what they call tracking. The first Lego movie is ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. Okay, so um, so a little bit lower, but not much. No, not much for like a sequel. 6%? Yeah, not much at all. There's not very little disparity, 8%? I think, between that. So. We're looking at uh, the movie had a like a production budget of about a hundred million, which after all the bricks we just talked about, kind of makes sense. Yeah, you understand. Um, too. Because the anim- well, the animation is not cheap in this movie. The 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 vistas and environments they create are actually pretty eye popping. I thought I saw this in IMAX, and yeah. I was captivated. There's a lot of musical numbers in this. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and the and the end credit sequence. Right, yeah. It was 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 pretty I cool too. <clears throat> yeah, same here. So um but just going back to the grosses, so 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 tracking uh is a thing that uh all the studios use um to try to help them figure out where their movie is going to um open and where it may land within the top three, the top five, top ten. Um it's really Something that's supposed to be very important. Studios have to rely on it because they can they can move around monies. They can either pull from advertising, put more into advertising, and they have a good idea how they might come out on the weekend. Mm-hmm. This movie going into the into the opening weekend, <clears throat> they it was it was 
it was it was reported that they were going to, according to the tracking, open a fifty to fifty five million dollars opening opening weekend. Oof. <clears throat> that didn't come. That didn't happen. Nope. The movie opened at underperformed at thirty four million dollars. Thirty four million dollars. That's like twenty million dollars off. Many reports were trying to, and then after it's all Monday morning quarterbacking. It's why did Lego Movie Two fail? Why did you know? Why didn't it live up to the hype? And my take on it is, why is tracking so miserably wrong? Right. Like, what did it miss? Why did that, it project like, so why high? Why did it project so high? It why was it so miserably wrong? That's another show. As far as Lego Movie Two goes, what some have said. And I don't necessarily disagree is, we, again, we talked within the span of five years, we've had four movies. Boom, boom, boom. And, and Lego Movie 2 did really, well, Lego Movie did really well. Yes, it did. Batman did fairly well. Not sure if it had done as well as, um, I'm not sure if it had done well as, as this, as um, the first one. But, th- okay, so we had, Lego Movie did $257 million dollars. Gross all in. Batman movie, Lego Batman did 175. Ninjago did 59. Do you see a trend here? Do you see a pattern? Lego movie two, thus far, so far, at around 40, let's say. It's 39.2. I'll I'll round that up. And Batman was higher in Rotten Tomatoes, too. Yeah. It was higher than this one. Because that was low 90s, or was it... 89. Batman is, uh, the Batman one's 90. 90. 90. So, I mean, that's still pretty high. Uh, I didn't see Ninjago. Did you? I had seen it, yeah. yeah we didn't talk about it, but I, but I saw it. It's, yeah, so many people say, and, and it's hard to argue against it, is that they started, they, they started to just release too many spinoffs, and they made the world less special. Right. And, and I, I, could, I could understand that. You know, when you look at the Batman character as well, he's a character that even though he goes through an arc in the Batman movie, and that we also did. So if you're interested in the Batman movie, the Lego Batman movie, right. we did a panel on it. And I we love Batman's humor, too. Oh, it's, sure. It's like it's, nine movies about me. Right. And three others <laughs> in development in different stages of development. Yeah. <laughs> and he always... But, like, but he, he never changes. But it's also DC property. Right. Which is WB. WB. So, um... So it's interesting to me because I really thought that the movie, th- this movie would have popped more. Um, we are going into a long weekend. There really aren't, there aren't any other children's movies that are opening. So this is, you know, this. Well, How to Train okay. Your Dragon will come out in next, next week. week, which is great. It's fantastic. I've, um, I've seen yeah. it already. Yeah. It's next. Great. So that's next week. So it could have this week, and and then much of the East Coast, at least in Boston, that I'm aware of, they're on what is called February vacation. The school's there, so they have that week off. It'll be interesting. But thus far, thirty nine million dollars in uh, uh, domestically, uh, foreign uh, eighteen million uh, or eighteen and a half. So all right now, worldwide is fifty seven. This is a far cry from the first movie. And I'll, it would be very hard-pressed when you're spending $100 million to make one of these that we will even get a third. It's got a long way to go yeah. to make any money back. Yeah, absolutely. And and to be quite honest, you know, if they don't make any more Lego movies or 
The other option that they could have is I think WB is going to have a streaming service. So everybody's got a stream. They could make these directly for streaming, like Netflix. Right. And that would be fine. But I, 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 would, be, I would be surprised if we get a Lego Movie 3 or another Lego theatrical movie, period. Hmm. I could definitely see another movie. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's going to be for this particular storyline or if it'd be like another Batman movie or heck even Superman <laughs> Lego movie. Yeah. I mean, like they WB has so many options and, and there were so many character cameos in this particular film yeah. that could easily make their own spin-offs. Yeah, I mean, I'd be very interested. I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they just decided not to. I think a lot of people would to. see the, bat, the Superman and Wonder Woman Lego movie. Yeah. Because they're big right they now. They could, sure. It, it would just be very, I'd be interested to see or know, like, what they decide to do. Mm-hmm. What path they choose. Take a break? Taking a break wouldn't be a bad idea at this point. Right. They've done four. It's not like <clears throat> yep. we've said Pretty that. quickly. Yeah. It's not like they haven't been pumping out movies. No. I personally would love a Wizarding World Lego movie Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) because they're both Warners. So Yes. Right. I uh, I don't know. I think it'd be really funny that I like that universe, but it takes itself a little seriously. So it'd be fun to see the tone and irreverence of these films take on J.K. Rowling's brain. Well, also, there was supposed to be a cameo for Daniel Radcliffe was supposed to voice uh, a a mock character of Harry Potter, which was supposed to be called... Larry Potter. Okay. But they actually cut his scene because they were worried that it would uh, poke too much fun at Harry Potter and demean the character. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. So uh, I think that's why they settled with uh, Larry Poppins instead. Larry Poppins. Which, and ladies and gentlemen, which that is big was. big on Mary Poppins, I just, which is also big in UK. That was Jeff Graham. Who, who, who chimed in. He's uh, handling our engineering and, and uh, for today. So thanks, Jeff. I appreciate the. Uh, that I, you know what you're right, Jeff. I mean the irreverence of the Lego world mixed with the Potterverse of the Wizarding Gandalf, world, but could, he is dead. Could so. work. <laughs> it could work. But I'll be very interested to see if they decide to go forward. Like right now, I just think they have some thinking to do. You know, they have to sit down and go. This cost a hundred million dollars, and it opened up. It you know. 35. Where did we go wrong? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so. And it's not like it had a lot of other movies to compete with this week. No, and that's the other thing, too. So, and when you get an A- minus on a cinema score, you're mostly getting that, pardon me, you're mostly getting that from the parents mm-hmm. because, you know, they're they're filling out the cards, but, but the kids seem to really like it. You know, I know the audience that I saw it with, I saw it um, on a Thursday preview night. It was uh, comprised of... It was a good mix, but there were a lot of kids who were in the audience as well, and they seemed to really enjoy the movie. I, I don't think that it it never got boring, and it's a, it comes in at right the right time. Yeah, I mean, I had a kid sitting next to me, and it's this movie's rated PG, so yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of kids are going to go see it. And <clears throat> the first one came out, so Lego One, I believe, came out October of. 2014. Mm-hmm. So that was in the fall time. This one yeah. came out in February. And again, I, I think it's a good time uh, because a lot of the, the holiday animated movies and family movies are already Batman gone. Lego Batman came out, sorry. Yeah. So, Lego Batman came out in October. Okay. So but Lego 1, 
That was in I a March that release? Was, I, yeah, I or it could have been early. Actually, that was February, too. Yeah. That was February 7, 2004. Yeah, and if you, usually, so. too, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. But something happened, right. and, I, and I don't quite understand why. Uh, Legos are still popular with kids, but uh, in any case, it's not a bad movie. No, um, you know, it was definitely worth viewing on the big screen, but to your point, I think with, you know, this week they'll have free reign because there isn't a kids movie out there. Uh, and, uh, but then they'll be going into how to train your dragon. So, uh, and the first, we'll like, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, how to train your dragon <clears throat> is going to take number one. That's without a doubt. And it's fantastic. Go see it. Um, yeah, the first movie had a lower budget than this one too. What was it, 75? It was like 65. 65. 65 million. Yeah. And made a lot of money. They they definitely made profit on that one. And this Absolutely. one, higher budget, no profit yeah. yet. yet. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So, um, well, I think we've I think we've done a really good job with Lego Movie 2, yeah. uh, the second part, Lego My Ego. Um, <laughs> so what are your final thoughts on, on Lego Movie 2? It's still a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like the first one or any <clears throat> of the Lego movies, you'll definitely enjoy this one. And I think it definitely appeals to a wider audience because I feel like the first one appealed more to boys, even though the, right. there are some girls that like it, liked it. But I feel it appealed more to boys, and then this one appeals to the girls and boys. Yeah, I really felt that, uh, again, I really felt that the movie was fun. I thought it was just as creative and as inventive as, as the original movie was. Uh, the voice the voice acting was, was fantastic, as always. Um you know, there's a really good rapport in chemistry. And, you know, I, I felt and I really enjoyed the messaging of this movie. Yeah. So, you know, I think the movie is better than what some of the box office would pretend it to be. Whether there is, quote unquote, franchise, Lego franchise fatigue. fatigue. That could be a part of why this didn't do so well. Lord knows it was marketed to death. Yes, it, it was. was. All over the place. I saw the trailer so many times. I saw the trailer. It was on television. It was on billboards out here. It was all over the place. So if kids didn't know that it was coming out, um, you know, I, I'd be very surprised. Then they live under a rock. It, yeah, and the marketing for me, like, worked. I, I saw the trailer and I was like, Are oh, I'd be, yeah, I'd be happy to go back to that world. And I, I will say this. As compar- comparing it to Batman and to Ninjago... The Batman world, superhero world, fine world, great. It's a lot of fun. But this world was the world that introduced us to these Lego characters. I really liked being back there again and what they were going to do. I like these characters above and beyond than Ninjago and even Batman alone. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens later on down the line. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen later on down the line with Anatomy of a Movie. Um, yeah. uh, you're going to be talking about aroma. I mean, Roma, Roma. a little bit later on. <laughs> not, uh, a Roma. not a Roma. Roma. Um, uh, I had already done. Uh, we talked. I talked about Happy Death Day to you, uh, which I liked a lot. That that is posted. You can check that out. We will be talking about how to train your dragon. We have Oscars. Uh, we'll be doing an Oscar show. Yep. Uh, we will be talking Alita Battle Angel, uh, which is looking to do pretty decent at the box office. So there's so many movies, so little time. Um, but we're going to try to, we're going to try to put out as many shows as we possibly can, even if the show is 10 minutes long, like I did with Happy Death Day to You, which was just 
quick review in and out just to let you know uh, and give you an idea of how the movie is. Uh, as always, we always welcome your comments here at Anatomy of a Movie. Marissa, how can people interact with you on the social medias? Everyone can follow me at Serafini TV. And you can find me on the Twitters at DMovies1701. Uh, I've been actually having some amazing conversation with some of our fans who watch us, and they really love the show, uh, which is really encouraging. We've been doing this for 55 years now, and, you know, I, I think that our audience is really warmed up, and, and please, if you like us, recommend us to other friends, show us to other friends, uh, keep coming back for more, and as Marissa said earlier, we are in perpetuity. We've yeah. got about a million and a half shows that you can find. We've covered uh, <laughs> Batman Lego, yes. and the first Lego, and then all we've covered Mad... Max. Yeah, we Mad covered Max. Mad Max. We've we covered, covered the Wonder Batman Woman, movies. All the Wonder movies that they make fun Absolutely. of in this movie, we've covered. Them. We've covered like a ton. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you if you watch if you see a movie that's on cable, nine out of ten times, be, just because you may have missed it in the theater, and why did you miss it in the theater? Support the movies, would you? But if you saw it on mm-hmm. Blu-ray, nine out of ten. We got a show for it as a, as its companion piece. So until next time, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We look forward to talking more movies with you, folks. We thank you that for listening. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.